the quality of our lives is largely determined by our choices and decisions. Yes, there are things that happen that are beyond our control. There is good luck and bad luck. But if we want to expand and grow, if we want a great future, whether it's personally or professionally, then it's going to be about making wise, centered, grounded choices and decisions today. And in this episode, we are going to discuss exactly how to do that. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana. I am your host, and today I'm beginning a series of podcasts that I am truly excited about, I think is going to be very meaningful. And before I jump into that, I want to ask you, do you think I achieved my goal in the last series of podcasts that I did? I mean, last week I had a talk shared with you by Michael Singer. I took the week off. But before that, I did that series called The Pursuit of Intimacy. And my goal in that was to give you the most relevant the most practical wisdom that I could possibly give you on how to attract your life partner this year. I was even hoping that the things I was sharing might lead you to experience kind of like a personal makeover, sort of like auditing your entire life, changing the ways in which you show up in the world, which I believe will end up in you attracting a healthy, you know, sustainable relationship. So I kind of want to know it. How did I do? Do you, do you feel like I served you in that way? I'd really like to know from you and hear from you if you feel like I achieved my goal and, and really pointed you in the right directions. And then I should say, I don't do this very often, but you know, if I did, if you felt like that series or at least most of the episodes of that series were really powerful for you and they really meant something to you, then please share those episodes with, you know, your social media network or, you know, get the links and email them to your friends. I mean, the way this podcast is going to grow um, is by listeners telling other people about it, right? So if it's, if it's helping you, I, I hope you're, you're sharing the love is, is what I would love to have happen. And or leave a rating and review on my show page. You just go to the Attracting Lasting Love page and you scroll down and you'll see a place where it says leave a review and you have a, you can leave up a one to a five star rating, right? And five is preferable. <laughs> but anyway, I, I guess if you feel like I'm scratching where you itch, then take a couple moments and support the podcast by leaving a rating or a review and share one of those episodes or all of them with your tribe, with your connections. They were podcasts, uh, that Pursuit of Intimacy series was podcast number 147 through 153. So, okay, now on to my next series of podcasts. And if the Pursuit of Intimacy was giving you practical wisdom on how to find your life partner, this next six-part series I'm going to do I might say this is going to give you relationship and life skills. Like it's going to 
it, it, it's going to better your ability to function in healthy ways in all of your relationships and in perhaps every dimension of your life. So this is going to be not so much information on how to find a partner, but this is going to say like if you have a partner or if you have friendships, if you have siblings, coworkers, parents, then you need skills, right? Relationships are not easy, right? I mean, relationships are challenging. And so in that regard, they're just like playing a sport. I mean, you need to develop your skills if you want to be better at tennis or pickleball or golf or whatever it might be. And I think a lot of us, me included, need some relationship skills training, some life skills training. So I guess you could say that in the Pursuit of Intimacy series, I was being your attraction coach, helping you get in your most attractive place to attract a life partner. I guess now you might say I'm going to function as a life coach in a sense. And I am by no means saying that I have achieved anything. (laughs) I am by no means saying that I've mastered all the skills that I'm going to be talking about. And I I, I just haven't, right? I'm just like one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. If there's, if there's anything that I've achieved is I think I sometimes know the questions we should be asking, right? Not that I've mastered anything, not that I've gotten anywhere. I'm still growing. I'm still evolving. I still fuck up. I just with a client the other day, I had to take ownership because I got triggered in a session and I said something callous and I just had to own up to that and say, you know, my bad. I mean, I just... I just, in my terminology, I went below the line and I got reactive. And so that happens over here. I don't want to make anyone think that I am master of the universe. Okay. I'm, I'm just where everybody else is. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm challenging myself to wake up. And so this series really is about me being a life coach. And so this series is being titled, Making Sense of Life's Contradictions, okay? Because you don't have to be around very long on this planet to figure out that there are a lot of contradictory ideas, ideas that where both of them make sense, but both of them seem to be contradictory. Like, how can they both be true? Even though they are both true, how do I reconcile them? How do I make sense of them? And I think one of the ways that we become very skillful at living and relating is by having the wisdom and sort of the insight on how to work with seemingly contradictory ideas. So that's what I want to do. And let me tell you where this, this idea came from. Um, back, back around Thanksgiving, in episode number 142, I was doing a series uh, that was called The Laws of Life and Love. And I was going through some of the laws, like the law of attraction. And then I talked about the law of opposites. And one of the things I talked about, it was in episode 142 on the law of opposites, is I acknowledged that those are contradictory laws. They're both true. There is a law of attraction and there is the law of opposites, but they seem contradictory, right? The law of attraction says like attracts like. The law of attraction means similar things get drawn together. But then there's the law of opposites, which means opposites attract. So which is it? Do similar things attract or do opposite things attract? (laughs) And what I tried to explain is 
Well, they're both true, but they're kind of talking about different areas of life. The law of attraction is speaking more to a deeper spiritual and energetic dynamic. The law of opposites is speaking more from a personal or psychological dynamic. So, in order to function in relationships, you know, in a healthy way, you you need to understand the law of attraction and the law of opposites because they're both operating. And even though they appear to be contradictory, they really aren't. So that was like the initial seed for what we're doing in this series. But then in podcast number 152, just a few weeks ago, I was talking about the issue of being emotionally available. You remember, if you listen to it? And I said emotional availability was finding the balance between two opposites, between two contradictory ideas. And those ideas were openness, vulnerability, and boundaries, right? To be truly emotionally available in the healthy way, not in a dysfunctional way, but in the truly conscious, most healthy way, to be emotionally available means you have a balance within you between being open and yet having boundaries, right? So both are true. Could you ever argue that you shouldn't be open? Could you ever argue that you shouldn't have boundaries, right? Heavens no, but they are sort of contradictory on the surface. And what I hope I explained in that series is how they can be balanced within us. And when they are, that's when we are really available for a special relationship. So that got me thinking. Yeah, but those are two amazing, contradictory issues where we need to understand them if we're going to relate in healthy ways and enjoy intimate relationships. And so I started thinking, are there some other very important issues where both things are true, but they're contradictory? And, and therefore, how do we make sense of that? How do we live wise, intelligent lives with the balance between what appear to be contradictory ideas? So that's what this series is. Again, the title is Making Sense of Life's Contradictions. And today we're going to talk about the ideas that appear to be contradictory, which are acceptance and action. And I'll get to that in just a second. In week number two, we're going to talk about feelings and thoughts, thinking and feeling. Those can appear to be contradictory. How do we find balance? Okay. Then in part three, we're going to talk about compassion versus responsibility. Both are necessary, right? Who's going to say compassion is not good? Who's going to say taking responsibility is not good? But those things can be contradictory, at least on the surface. But we really do need to understand them if we're going to lead effective lives. So that's week three. Week four, we're going to talk about the differences between being judgmental and being discerning. Okay, we all have minds. Our minds have opinions. They have stories. They make judgments. Now, sometimes that can be destructive or sometimes it can be constructive. It's constructive when we are discerning. Because who would say that we should not live a life of discernment, right? You'd get yourself in all kinds of trouble. But I think everybody would agree that being judgmental is not good. So like, what's the difference? <laughs> how, how do we not be judgmental, but be discerning? Okay, that's an important issue in relationships. And then in week five, we're going to talk about the issue between being selfish and unselfish. Right? I'm going to make the case that being selfish is a requirement 
to have good relationships. Somebody has to be managing the store. Somebody has to be paying attention to you. If you want to function in healthy relationships where they're mutual, where they are co-committed, co-creative, instead of being co-dependent. So everybody would say, yes, being unselfish, that, that's a, a life skill. That's an important thing. But I think a lot of people might argue, I don't know about being selfish. And I'm just here to say, I have learned, I've experienced, I'm still wrestling with the balance between being selfish and unselfish. How to walk that line is perhaps the most important relationship skill. Okay, so that's part five. And then part six, we're going to wrap up with the discussion about masculine feminine. These are energies that could not be more opposite from one another. But if you don't understand them, you are screwed in intimate relationships. And so we're going to go deep into those two energies, what they mean, how they're balanced, Should we balance them? And let me give you a little hint. Every other episode in the series is going to be about how to balance the the apparent contradictions. This one on masculine feminine is going to be the opposite. The idea here is not to balance them in intimacy. The idea is to know what is your home or most natural energy and how do you magnify it How do you make it bigger? The goal is not going to be to be balanced in both of your masculine and feminine because we all have both. So the life skill in the last part of the series is going to be all about how to be unbalanced in your masculine and feminine when you are in intimate relationship settings. Okay, So I hope that just whets your appetite for what's coming. Now, let's get into today's topic where we're talking about the issue between acceptance and action. And if you listen to the opening, you might be a little confused because in the opening, you know, my my little hook in the beginning, I talked about choices and decisions and that really the quality of our lives is determined by the quality of our choices and our decisions, right? I I made the case that there's good luck and bad luck, but largely our lives are our own creation by the choices we make and the decisions we make. Now, I will grant you, sometimes we make choices and decisions from unconscious motives, We do things, we say things, we respond in ways, we make decisions, choices, we choose directions and paths, sometimes without being completely aware of the forces within us that are making us do those things, right? We we are conditioned by our childhoods. We, We are conditioned by our past experiences, and very often those things that we might even call trauma, those things can be in the background, you know, affecting our choices and our decisions. Okay, so I'm not arguing against any of that. I'm just being more sort of from a 30,000 foot view, right? From standing back, the choices and decisions we make, no matter where they come from, no matter how consciously or unconsciously they're made, they really do determine the outcome of our lives, right? And again, I just, I just want to repeat because I don't want someone to think that I'm saying that there's no such thing as luck and that bad shit doesn't happen, right? I mean, you could be sitting at a stoplight waiting for the light to change and somebody is on the phone behind you and smacks into you, just plows into you. And now you've got back problems the rest of your life. You're not able to play golf. You can't play tennis. You can't pick up a child or a grandchild. 
your life direction has been altered permanently by something you didn't have anything to do with other than you were in your car. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't unforeseen circumstances that affect how our lives turn out personally, professionally, financially, relationally, psychologically, all that stuff. I'm just stating the fact that we do make choices, right, wrong, good, or bad. We do make decisions. We decide to go there instead of here. We decide to date that person and not that person. We decide to respond this way instead of that way, right? We do those things and they produce fruit. They produce outcomes. And so what I'm talking about in this episode is how to produce the kind of fruit that you actually want. (laughs) If you're an apple tree, how to produce apples and good apples, not apples that have worms in them and all that kind of stuff, right? How to create the outcomes that you truly want. And believe it or not, the outcomes that you want, it's not so much about the choices that you need to make. Because choices and decisions can be complicated, right? I mean, you got a couple of different paths you could take. You There's people that you see online that you could date. You you might be wanting to purchase a house or a townhome and there's choices and right so they can they can be complicated. What I've learned and what I'm continuing to explore is the people that make the wisest most grounded best decisions they pay more attention to the atmosphere going on within them than they do about the choice that they have to make. In other words, the wisest decisions are those that come out of a certain state of consciousness, you could say. They come or they're made from a certain sense of clarity, a certain sense of openness, right? So what I'm pointing at in this episode is that if you want to make wise choices and decisions, don't get obsessed about what should I do? Should I do this or should I do that? Should I go here, go there? Should I say this or not do this? You know, at work, I got this problem with my boss or a problem with the client. So should I quit my job Or should I have a come to Jesus talk with my boss? Should I fire the client or should I put up with things and maybe take some other strategy? Like, what do I do? Like, I'm at a crossroads regarding something. Which direction do I take? And what I'm asking you to consider and what I've learned is it's not so much about what path you take at the fork in the road. It's about what's going on inside of you when you're approaching the fork. <laughs> what, what is your internal state of mind? What's happening in your consciousness? Are you in a place where even if it's a very challenging decision, where there is very important things you know, at stake, perhaps it's something with your child, you know, either what to do with them. Maybe they've gotten in trouble or maybe they have a medical issue or they're dealing with anxiety or depression or something like that. Like you have a, you've got a major issue going on with your children and and you need to make a decision. You, you, you need to figure out what's the wisest thing to do here. What I'm saying is if you want to make the best decision, it's not about the pros and cons of the decision itself. It's about how centered 
are you in the process versus how triggered are you? I'm going to say something that's pretty obvious. That if you are a mess on the inside, you are liable to make the wrong decisions and, and, and choose a path and make a choice for the wrong reasons and it's not going to give you the outcome that you actually want. Doesn't that make sense? That if you're all stirred up on the inside, if you're triggered, if you're reactive, if you are filled with anxiety or worry or self-consciousness and you know and, and you're 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 just in that place, that affects your ability to to think clearly, does it not? It clouds your judgment. It makes it difficult for you to make wise choices versus even if it's a very challenging situation and there's a lot at stake, if you can get yourself in a place where you are trusting You are accepting. You are calm on the inside. You are in a grounded, non-reactive place psychologically. In other words, you're not in angst. You're not in anger. You're not upset. You're not scared. You're not reactive. You are in this calm, centered, peaceful sober-minded place. And when you're in that place, you will then give yourself the best chance at taking the right action, making the right choice, taking the correct fork in the road. So again, the message I'm bringing here is all of us get wrapped up in the decision rather than paying attention to the place from which the decision is being made. These words I'm going to use right now can be a little confusing, but it's a difference between content and context. See, the content is, well, what's the situation? What's the decision that's got to be made? Am I going to break up with this person or not? Am I going to divorce this person or not? Am I going to send my kid to see a psychiatrist or am I going to deal with it myself? Am I going to march in my boss's office and give them a, you know, and give them my two weeks notice or am I going to try to work it out? Right. You see what I'm saying? It's that's the content. That's the situation. That's the question. I'm saying that's where most of us focus. And we don't pay much attention to the context in which the content is showing up. In other words, we don't pay attention to our state of mind that we're bringing to the situation. We don't pay attention to our internal messness or not our internal calmness or not. We sort of ignore that or just say, well, yes, I'm a mess. Yes, I'm feeling upset and angry and frustrated and I'm taking things personal and I'm worried and I'm, I'm, I'm filled with angst and anxiety. Well, yeah, 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 but I got to make a decision. I'm like, okay, if you do it from there, you're liable to regret what, what you do. Almost always, it doesn't go, you don't create the outcome that you really want when you do it from an upset place inside of you. So the wisdom, the life skill here is to know when you're doing that and to stop and do whatever you can do to find acceptance within you to find that non-triggered place, to get out of your angst, your anxiety, and get your feet on the ground. 
catch your breath. Get into a sober-minded place where you can think clearly, where you can actually have some creative insight. So it's about getting yourself there. And then from that place, now make your decision. Does that mean you'll always make the right decision? No, of course not. But you are giving yourself every opportunity to create an outcome that you feel would be best for everyone involved. And so this is what I mean when I talk about finding the balance between acceptance and action. Because they appear contradictory. Right? When we talk about accepting what is, right? Life is unfolding. It is what it is. You can either be in resistance to the present reality, or you can accept it, right? I mean, just take the weather. I don't know where you are. I don't know where the, what weather you've got, but you have weather. Now, you can wake up in the morning, and you can see your weather, and you could either be like, shit, fuck, it's raining. I wanted to go camping. Or it's really, really hot, and I wanted to go for a walk today but it's 104 degrees or something or it's cold, right? In other words, you can wake up and life hits you in the face, right? Reality's right there. The weather, there it is. Basically, there's two choices. You're either okay with it. Okay. It is what it is. Or you're resisting it in some way. You want it to be different. You're fighting it. You have like, an internal angst about it. I mean, to some degree or another, right? So we all understand that, that you can meet a situation and either you're accepting of it or you're okay with it. You're either fighting it in some way or you're telling your, oh, it shouldn't be this way. Well, they shouldn't act that way. I shouldn't have to make this decision. This this situation shouldn't be that way. They should know better, Right? That's resistance. And when you're in that place, you don't think very clear. So what people think is that, okay, if I am going to be okay with whatever is, because it's reality, it's kind of stupid to argue with what's already true, right? I mean, what good does it do if it's raining and you're like, I don't want it to rain? I mean, You can get yourself upset about that, right? What good is that? Because if you're upset about the rain, does that make it stop? (laughs) All it does is upset you. So actually resisting reality is insane. It really is. No matter what the reality is. To, To say it shouldn't be the way it is is insane. It is the way it is. Okay? So when people hear that, and they hear that the root of suffering is resisting reality, right? The, the Buddha said, noble truth number one, life is suffering, meaning life is unsatisfactory. And the reason for that, noble truth number two, is because you crave, you want, meaning you have preference. You, in other words, you're not accepting. <laughs> you're The reason life is unsatisfactory is because you think life should be a certain way. Certain things should happen. Certain things shouldn't happen. You want, you want life to be a certain way and you don't want it to be other ways. And life doesn't cooperate if you haven't noticed. So then you, you live a life of being unsatisfied because life is not doing what you want it to do, right? It's, it's obvious, right? It's, it's insane to argue with reality, but we do it all the time. Like, I get frustrated in traffic with the way people drive. That's insane. I I can't control it. I can't do anything about it. If I'm screaming at somebody behind my wheel, they can't hear me. (laughs) It doesn't make them turn right on red, which you can do in this country, although a lot of people fucking don't seem to know that. (laughs) 
So what is it? What good does it do if I'm yelling at people about the way they drive? It just upsets me, right? So it's insane. My wife all the time. She says, "You're insane." I'm like, "I know, I know." Ah, uh, I, I can't stop. <laughs> but so my point is, is when we begin to understand acceptance and being okay with the way things are, people begin to think that it leads to complacency. Well, if I accept the fact that my relationship has got this issue, if I accept that I have this problem with my child, if I accept I've got this issue at work, and I let go of any ideas that it should be different, and I just simply, I'm okay with this is what it is, What most people don't get is that when you're in that place of acceptance, it actually leads to better action. It does not lead to complacency. So let me just state this as clearly as I can. When you are willing to accept life for how it is currently unfolding, that does not mean you don't do anything about it. Acceptance doesn't mean you don't take action. It means that you can take action from a different place inside of you. Because you can take action from your resistance place, your reactive place, your triggered place, your angry place, your angst, anxiety place. You can take action from there. But you can also take action from that calm, centered place of real trust and real acceptance that this is what's true right now. So acceptance leads to better action. Whereas most people think the way to make change, right? Oh, if you want to lose weight, well, you got to hate your body. You got to really be upset about your body and your eating habits, and you've got to be angry and you've got to be upset because that's what really motivates you to go. Have you found that that's not true? It only works for the short term. What you will find is if you're able to have compassion and acceptance and love for the current body that you have created, if, if you can be okay with that, and not be telling yourself you should have done differently, you should have done this, you're such a loser, you're so undisciplined. If you're like, no, okay, I have no resistance to the past. I've done what I've done. I have the body I have. I completely accept it. You're going to have the clarity to know what you truly want to do moving forward. In other words, acceptance is a better motivator for action that will produce the best outcome. Fear and anger is a motivator, but it never will deliver the outcome that you actually want, especially not long-term. So acceptance does not lead to complacency. Acceptance gives you the clarity within to know what to do or what not to do. Acceptance calms you down on the inside. It gives you a sense of inner balance, inner calm, to where you can think straight, to where you can have creative insight. So here's the illustration that I always use with people. Let's imagine that you're with me, you're standing in my office, And I have you bend over at the waist a little bit and I spin you around in circles like five, six, seven times. I spin you around, okay? And then I stand you up straight and of course, I have to hold you by the arm because you're going to fall because you're so dizzy, right? You have, you're completely unbalanced. You're completely foggy, right? You, You can't even see straight. You can't stand up. But what if, Right in the middle of that, when you are so dizzy, I'm having to hold you by the arm so you don't fall over. I ask you, so-and-so, 
what is 125 or what is 123 times nine? Give me the answer right now. Figure it out in your head. <laughs> what are you going to say to me? I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I can't think right now. I, I can't. I, I can't. I don't, let me get my bearings. Let me find my balance. Let me get my head clear a little bit here. And then I can sit there and say, okay, 123 times nine. Okay, nine times three is 27. So seven is one of the numbers. Carry the two. Hmm. Nine times two is 18. Carry the two, 20. So the second number is zero. But I carry the two. Nine times one is nine. Carry the two, 11. So it's 11, oh, what did I say? Seven? Something like, something like that. I, I, I can't do it in my head because I'm talking. It's a perfect example. I'm not in a place emotionally to think about how to do math in my head right now because <laughs> I'm trying to do a podcast. Okay? But you get the point. You would say, let me get my balance. Let, let me get my head on straight here. And then I can sit there and I can imagine and picture and I can, I can answer your question. But yet you know how we live? We live stirred up. We live dizzy. Things happen. They trigger us. They upset us. They worry us. They give us angst and anxiety. Here's the truth about you and me. Most of us spend 99% of our every moment of our day walking through life dizzy. You start paying attention to your inner energies closely. You start checking in. You start really watching and you will find out that there's something's almost always bothering you. That you are resisting something. That you are worried about something, anxious about something, upset about something, concerned about something. You live almost entirely stirred up on the inside. And then from there, you try to make a decision. Well, good luck. From there, you try to deal with your, your kid who got a DUI. From there, you try to deal with your job and your boss and your crazy clients. From there, you try to decide what you're going to do in a relationship that feels off in some way. See, you're spinning around on the inside. You are dizzy on the inside. And from there, you're trying to make a choice and a decision. And it's not going to turn out in the most optimal way. Your tree is not going to produce the fruit that it's supposed to. And you're not going to get the outcome you want. So the first thing you do is you check your inner dizziness. You got to get your head on straight. Give me a moment. Let me get my balance. Give me a moment. Let me calm down. Let me breathe. Let me let go of some things here. Let me really accept. Let me find this inner equanimity. Let me find my balance. Now, what action should I take? Now you're going to have the clear thinking. So there was, um, let me, in fact, let me grab the book. There was a quote I used in my book, in chapter five of my book, and I've, I've shared it before on this podcast, but I want to read it to you again because this is exactly, exactly what I'm talking about here. This quote is from the Tao Te Ching which I believe is an ancient Chinese scripture that I think is like 5,000 years old, okay? So somebody even 5,000 years ago sort of understood that if we are calm on the inside, if we have this acceptance, it produces right action, appropriate action, positive action. This is what it says. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? What a sentence. 
Do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles? <laughs> until the water's clear, right? Because you're all stirred up, right? Can you remain unmoving? You ain't doing anything. No decision. You're not going anywhere. Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? That's phenomenal. What this person saw 5,000 years ago is that if your mud is settled, (laughs) if you are in this calm, centered, grounded place, you won't even have to make a decision. It'll make itself. You'll just know. It'll just be clear. Because the water is clear, the decision will be clear. Now, what you're going to find most of the time is that there is no action to take. Very often, when you really get in a grounded, centered place and you're looking at a situation, probably the best action is no action. Yeah, I probably shouldn't walk in my boss's office and give him my two weeks notice. <laughs> Maybe I should just wait or, or do something different. But that's neither here nor there. Very often, there will be an action to take. But this is very mysterious. It's You're going to have to try this to see how true it is. Is that when you put more of your attention on the context, like what's going on in me, when you do everything you need to do to get your mud to settle so that your water is clear, you are going to find the decision makes itself. It's just obvious. You'll just know. You'll know what to do or what not to do. Because the right action arises from acceptance. But when your mud is all stirred up and your water is dirty, which is such a great way to describe this, right? How you doing on the inside right now? Oh, my, my, my mud is all stirred up. I'm dirty in here. (laughs) Another image is like a snow globe, right? You shake it and the snow, you know, comes up. If you leave the snow globe sitting there for a minute, the snow will settle to the bottom and the water will be clear, right? So this is a life skill and it is not an easy one. To have the patience to do nothing. To wait until your mud settles. And there's also a life skill at learning how to settle your mud. Right? How, when I feel all stirred up on the inside, when I feel dizzy, reactive, and angry, and angst, worry, frustration, confused, overwhelmed, stressed out. I think a lot of you listening right now would say, yeah, I I totally get it. I don't want to take action from that place. But how do I get out of that place? How do I calm the inner waters? How do I let the mud settle? Well, there are lots of ways. One is by breathing and moving because again when you are stirred up on the inside it's a physiological thing correct when you're a mess on the inside whether you know it or not your breathing is different and and your your muscles are tense why does a lie detector test work they strap that thing around your chest and so forth because When you're asked a question and you lie, whether you know it or not, there is a kind of an anxiety in you when you're lying and you can't hide the body's reaction. Your breath changes. Your muscles contract. it's, It's beyond your consciousness, but it does happen. So when we are stirred up on the inside, it's happening at least on a physical level. 
So the first thing you do is you breathe and maybe you move, move your muscles, wiggle, squirm, get your body to relax. And then another skill is to let go of being right. The reason we're so upset is that we we're, we think we're right about that this should not be happening. I'm right about that. My boss should not be treating me this way. This client should not be that way. My child should not be in trouble. Online dating should not go this way. That person should not have ghosted me. I'm right about this. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. So one of the shifts, other other than breathing and moving and wiggling and opening your chest and just calming yourself through movement and breath is to question your your belief that you're right. Is to question your belief that reality is not real. <laughs> Here's the reality. No, it shouldn't be that way. Well, how is it? Well, it is that way. I don't care. I, I know it's that way, but I, it shouldn't be that way. And so I'm just all upset about it. So you shift into acceptance. Now, these things are not easy, especially when you're all stirred up. It's really easy to shift into acceptance when you're already there. (laughs) It's really easy to open your breath and relax your shoulder muscles and your jaw, right, and your chest when you're already relaxed. It's hard to do when you're fucked up on the inside, right? But that's the skill to notice I'm fucked up on the inside and man, I shouldn't be taking any action from here. I should not be breaking up. I should not be getting into a relationship. I should not be going into my boss's office. I should not be making any life decision. No, 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 not from here. I don't care if it takes me a year to calm down. I can't do it when I'm this dizzy. So I just gave you three very subtle shift moves. Physical and mental. Physically breathe, move your body, mentally shift out of being right, and accept. Okay? Now, there's many more. This is what I do as a coach. I help people shift their context. See, a lot of people think me as a coach, I give advice. You see, I, 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 like, I tell people about dating and how to date and what to do and how to react. And, you know, like I help people, I tell them what choices and decisions they should make. No, I don't. I don't know what's right for you. What I help you with is you getting yourself into the right state of mind so that you can find your own wisdom because it's there. So that you can connect with source. God, life, well, I don't care what you want to call it. You connect with your own inner wisdom, but you can't connect to your inner wisdom if you're all fucked up on the inside. So what I do as a coach is I give people the skills to notice when they're stirred up and then how to shift out of that into a place of trusting and accepting and being open and being at peace Within, because when they're there, they'll know what to do. The right answer will arise by itself. They'll know how to handle a relationship problem. They will know how to deal with the child. And if they don't, they will have the wisdom to know who to ask for some advice. You got some financial decisions? Well, first, you got to calm down on the inside. And then you might say, no, I need to really find a financial advisor that can, that would be the wise decision here is to ask a very specialized person. Okay. So sometimes that's your wisdom is that you need knowledge in something like changing a job. You might need to talk to a career specialist or finances, a a financial planner. But a lot of relationship stuff, you don't, you don't really need some relationship expert. You need to get yourself in the right frame of mind, in true acceptance, 
and the right answer will arise by itself. See, a person might come to me and say, Roy, I, I, I've met these two people, guys, girls, whatever. I've met these two people, you know, and they're both great. There's a few things about each of them that I'm not sure about, but they're both good and, and like, you know, I don't want to keep dating them both. I don't want to get in that dynamic. Um, man, Roy, which one should I choose? Okay. The first thing I'm going to say is, what's going on inside of you right now? Come on, look. Well, I'm, I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> I'm a mess inside. I'm worried. If, what if I choose the wrong one? Because if I choose that guy and it turns out we don't really connect, I've said no to that guy and I lost my chance. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, the FOMO, come, come, fear of missing out. So, no, I'm a mess inside. I'm worried. I'm anxious. I'm concerned I can make the wrong decision. Right. I said, yeah, your mud is all stirred up. You're dirty on the inside. Right, girl? <laughs> You're a dirty girl. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know which guy you should choose, but I do know that from the place you're making the choice, oh Lord, that ain't that you're setting yourself up for a problem. So what I can help you with is getting calm on the inside. See, I can help you get some space. I can help you change the way you're viewing this. I can help you let go of that FOMO nonsense. As if these are the only two guys in the world. And if it if you choose the wrong one, you're going to be single the rest of your life. That's what your mind will tell you, but it's garbage. So I can help you shift in your breath, shift in your body, shift out of worry into acceptance. And you know what's going to happen? You'll know what to do. It, the decision will make itself. You'll just know. I don't know how it works, but you'll just know that's the guy. And of course, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Nobody ever does. I often joke, but I'm not joking, that there's no such thing as a permanent relationship. I mean, we're all going to die at some point. So there's no permanence. So I don't know how long the relationship's going to last. But I do know that the best way to choose a partner or a job or something with your child is not from that place when you are dizzy and spinning and worried and stirred up and anxious and taking everything personally and not from there. So that's the message. Pay more attention to your context, to what's going on inside of you than to the decision or choice that needs to be made. And really understand that this place of groundedness or acceptance, this place of sober-mindedness, this place of being centered, that's the place from which the right action can happen. Okay, if I can help you with this stuff, especially helping you learn to notice when you're triggered and then how to shift out of that into that place of acceptance, right? That's the game. Not what do I do, but how do I get the mud to settle so the water is clear and I can clearly see what to do? That's the game. That's the relationship skill that I would love to help you with. And you can find me at Coach Roy at coachingwithroy.com or text me 407-687-3387. And by the way, that number can be used with WhatsApp to find me from any place in the world. Okay? All right. So next week, we're going to get into this feeling versus thinking thing. A lot of us are kind of more on the rational side we're head types. We like to figure things out, understand. Other, others of us are more in the body. We're more emotionally driven. So which one is better? Which one is worse? 
Do we balance them? How do we use both of these? How do they play out in our daily lives? Ah, that's going to be fun discussion. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. 